0: hello and welcome back to no capes season three the show is usually recorded as a video talk show so if you want to see what we're talking about in the show check it out on youtube as well and if you'd like to support the show you could consider subscribing at patreon or donating to Kofi. for now kick back relax grab your coffee and enjoy the show No Capes is now proudly sponsored by Global Comics, an amazing online reading platform filled with incredible creator-owned titles, and they have generously given us an ongoing discounted subscription link, which you can find in the description below. And not only that, but every week we'll be giving away 3 free subscriptions for Global Comics. It is filled with incredible titles. It is so easy for new creators to upload their books. I've got two stories up on there right now, and you will be able to enter every week to win one of three free subscriptions so check the description below find that link enter the giveaway it'll be drawn every following monday and announced on social media who those three winners are so good luck and happy listening All Right, hello everyone and welcome back to no capes the show where we talk about creator-owned comics with creators who own comics and with me today is the incredible scout underhill of d and doggo's fame scout tell everyone a little bit about yourself
1: Hey, uh, I'm Scout Underhill. I'm a non binary trans mask illustrator who uh, has been making a webcomic called D'Andagos since 2017. So we're going on five years this year. Yeah. Uh, which, is, which is just bonkers. Uh, last year, also, I sold uh, a graphic novel. So D'Andagos is coming to the graphic novel market in 2024 and 2025.
0: I can't wait for that.
1: I'm very excited. Uh, it's really fun because it it's a totally different format than I'm doing for the webcomic and it's going to be in full color.
0: Oh, so. cool. That's going to be great. Um, yeah. like I, I love the comic. I found it in 2018 when I start just before I started actually playing D&D. So, I was reading it a little bit just before I started playing and then it was just absolutely to my delight when we started talking <laughs> and actually sort of became buds. Yeah. So that was that was really nice.
1: Um I'm so glad.
0: Yeah, and it's just such a, a delightful and wholesome little comic. I'm terrible at keeping up. Like I know that I at some point I have to go back and start at the beginning because yeah. I came in <laughs> sort of in the middle. Yeah. Um and
1: it's, I mean, it's pretty quick to read it.
0: Exactly. <laughs> it, exactly. But... Like I'm I'm a little bit behind on the whole Druid Dogs in the Wild story. Because oh, okay. I, got, I got very busy just after they discovered that the critters in the trees were other dogs.
1: Yeah, okay. Um, well, you've missed quite a bit then.
0: I, I've sort of, I've, I've caught a couple here and there, and then I'm like, oh no, I've missed way more than I think I have. Who is this <laughs> frog? Oh shit, I'm going to have to wait until I can go back and reread this whole thing. Yep,
1: yep, yeah. It's, it's kind of funny because even creating it, uh, like, I know what they're going to be doing but I don't know how they're going to be doing it, just yep. like playing Dungeons and & Dragons. And I, and then I realize it's been a month and they've just been, like, talking to an NPC. But, like, I mean, come on, that's Dungeons & Dragons. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. That's exactly right. Uh, I've got to say, though, I love that weird little frog guy.
1: Oh, thank you. Yeah, I haven't yeah. read
0: too much of it yet, but what I have read, because I'm like, oh, no, I'm going to spoil stuff for myself, so we're going to go back <laughs> and we're going to catch up. But the bits that I've read with him, he just really tickles my funny bone. I really like him.
1: Oh. He uh, he started as a I do a, a live stream on Fridays on Twitch, and um, he just started as a doodle that I was drawing as a birthday gift for my nephew. And all my all my fans who were in the stream, they were like, they loved him. And so I was like, well, I guess he's gonna show up in the comic now. <laughs> and yeah, he just like for some reason resonates with people. And
0: yep. yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes total sense.
1: Just like NPCs.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, uh, for me, Joey the Fishuation. Yeah. He's ended up being a big part of the Shifting Spire, and yeah. I try to wrangle him into any new adventure that I write, just because like it was a spur of the moment thing. Somebody was like, "Oh yeah, I'm going to talk to the fish," yeah. and I had to come <laughs> up with a fish character for them to talk to. Yep. And but I loved it, and the audience cracked up, and I was just like. Okay, so yeah, this is one of my favorite NPCs now. He's going to be recurring, yep. and so now he's like this magic fish that just turns up everywhere. I love that. And he's like, he's got he's a magic fish with abs.
1: <laughs> well, hey, if you were magic fish, I mean, like, I would have abs too.
0: Yeah, well, he's the fishuation, <laughs> and he comes complete with terrible jersey shore inspired accent i love that terrible like i am not good at it <laughs> <laughs> but i think that's the best part
1: yeah 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 uh oh gosh i can't do it because i always forget how he sounds but my current character kind of has like this like this boston thing going on but yeah. i always forget how it sounds until I, until i start playing him
0: yep yeah,
1: yeah exactly. he's, like, he's
0: a little uh, kobold bard named oh, Scoot. I love that. <laughs> yep. Um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to developing Joey out at some point, because, like, spoilers for anyone who hasn't watched it, and because we never really got to the end, or is going to play it eventually, but Joey is actually the big bad of the Shifting Spire, and nobody knew it yet. Gasp. I'd, I'd written him so that he would appear somewhere in every single version of the game, the yeah. players just had to find him, and he loves to heckle the players as they're going through and tries to convince them to, you know, when they get to the top and everything, they can get this get this magic thing and help him get out of the castle and, you know, get back to being a fish. Yeah. But it turns out that Joey's actually the the mage that owns the spire. It's That's his amazing. tower. And he's actually, like, this crazy demon fish yeah and so if they actually do free him he'll like turn into this giant scaly fish (laughs) monster i love it but nobody got that far that's amazing but it it just gave me an excuse because i got a friend to do actually bug designs again did me an art piece of joey the fishuation as soon as i saw it i'm like no this has to have a frame added to it and it's going to get put up on the wall in the tower yes. so that the players will even if they don't meet joey yeah. they will see the portrait of joey
1: that's amazing and I, like, might, I, might have to, I might have to think about some of that for the comic <laughs> <laughs> pickles uh, for everyone who doesn't know very- these
0: are the Dean doggos
1: this is the Dean and This is uh, Pickles, the fighter, and that was Magnus, the dungeon master, um, and that's who's here right now.
0: You're gonna need to get like one of those um, crocodile skinks or something. Oh, to be to <laughs> I don't be the, the screen dragon. Oh
1: no, I'm am uh, I'm, I'm happy with my my furry my furry <laughs> friends.
0: <laughs> uh, I, I do love those those critters actually though. Like they look like little baby dragons.
1: Yeah, they do.
0: Yeah, they're pretty awesome.
1: She's got a bearded dragon.
0: Mm, So we've got uh, water dragons that just live outside. Oh wow! Every so often we'll wake up and there'll be one hanging off our window screen.
1: No, not 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 for me.
0: (laughs) But critters aside, uh, today we're actually we're talking about a book that's got some pretty damn cool critters in it. Actually, it
1: does. It does.
0: Um, We're talking about Wind by uh, James Tynan the Fourth. I think I got that right. I think it's Tynan. Um, and Michael, uh, I'm guessing I haven't heard, I I have a struggle with so many American comics creators names because I've never heard them out loud.
1: I I don't know how to say their names either.
0: Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Because I know that James has actually put the pronunciation out on his Twitter a few times to help people out. And I think it's Tynan. Um...
1: I don't know the illustrator's last name. I, don't, I can't take a shot at that.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's uh, Dial. DL, it's either Dialinus or Dialinus. And I'm not sure which. And I'm sorry, Michael, if I've butchered your name. <laughs>
1: sorry, Michael.
0: Um, so, but it, yeah, it's, it's the curse of being on a completely separate continent and not following that much US media about the comics unless it's something that I'm already following. I never hear people's names out loud. Mm -hmm. But oh wait It's got Aditya on the lettering Aditya's lettering is Gorgeous Uh, Actually that's just the episode That I recorded yesterday Was another book that uh, Aditya lettered
1: Oh awesome
0: Um, And I I love uh, seeing Aditya's work in books Um, Isola Is the book that we were just talking about And uh, you'd really like that too Actually it's um it's a Miyazaki-inspired high fantasy sort of story.
1: That sounds cool.
0: Yeah, um, it's very, very interesting. Uh, you know, there Queen... was
1: a, a little bit of Miyazaki in- inspiration in this one too, in Wind.
0: Yeah, definitely, um, and I, I love that. I love seeing you know like Western comics, not that you can really distinguish that much anymore. With the, with the, the how much stuff is being blended and inspirations yeah. being swapped, but you know, like more mainstream Western market comics taking inspiration from stuff like Ghibli, and it's just it's really fun. It's it's nice yeah. to see those delightful little whimsical things being added into comics. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the, this this book is really good. Um, it's I'm I'm not a hundred percent sure what I would say the lower limit age range is. But it's pretty family-friendly, but it does get a bit violent in parts.
1: It ha- yeah, it has some... It has more violence than I have ever considered putting into D'Andangos, but that's because I, I just tend to keep it very, very, very light-hearted. Um, yeah. There, there's some, like, fight scenes that's gonna be in uh, the graphic novel that I'm excited about, um, but not, not quite as much as, as Wind, but i think that wind is 15 i think in the in this comic uh, at yeah. one point there's like a his growth chart on on a door frame and I yeah think yeah
0: i'm looking at that right now and it's got yeah. 15 as the top one so
1: so i would say it's like in the u.s market that would actually be considered like young adults so like you know we're talking yeah 15 to 18 um and Doggo's falls more into, like, a, a middle grade, which is, like, 8 to 12, that yeah. kind of age.
0: Yeah, um, I'd, I'd say here, for the, like, uh, Australian ratings and stuff, it'd be PG-13.
1: Yeah, yeah, PG-13, definitely, yeah.
0: Yeah, because, um, like, it has, it has violence in it, and, yeah. you know, there is blood and stuff, but it's not, like, ridiculously graphic.
1: No, it's not, but, I mean, even just the prologue, where we start, is scary,
0: yeah, yeah, like it's yeah, it's an intense book. It's definitely yeah. not like oh uh, yeah, I definitely wouldn't hand this book to a little kid, but 13 and up, definitely.
1: I don't know. Some some kids, some kids well, though.
0: Yeah, like if, <laughs> if you know the kid and, you know, some kids, but I wouldn't just hand this to any random child because no. it is it it does get pretty intense.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but it is a fairly most ages friendly book. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it doesn't shy away from scary stuff, it doesn't shy away from the violence, but it's not overly gratuitous either.
1: No, it's not, no. Yeah.
0: It's got a bit of horror, it's got a bit of violence, it's got a bit of romance, it's got a lot of comedy.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but, yeah, like, I, I really dig this book. I can't wait to read the next issue. I've been following it monthly. Um, I probably would get this one in a hardcover and slap it on the shelf.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I would like this. Because uh, I read... Most of the books that I read are, you know, physical books. I don't mm. read a lot of books, but I got this one just online this time. Um, I would love a hardcover, especially if it was, like, you know... It would have to wait a while for books two and three to be finished. Yeah. But, like, if it was all just one giant tome, I would love that.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm really into... Like, I'm fine with, like, volumes of trade paperbacks, but at the moment, I'm really into the idea of, like just big fat collected editions in one big yep. hardcover uh, yeah. there's a few books that I've been itching like uh, we've talked about it a couple of times this season about the books that I really really want to see in something just big and solid that I could just dump on the table <laughs> with a satisfying <laughs> yep. thunk yes but um, yeah we're, we're introduced to the scary elements of this this story pretty, pretty damn quickly like you said um, mm-hmm. like let me just check Uh, Comixology's being a bit iffy here Hang on One of the benefits of doing this offline and not live Is that I can fix the glitch Uh, Yeah, second page Second page We're introduced to this night Well, we don't know if it's a nightmare or not At this stage That Wind is having Um, It just wakes up and starts transforming Into Something You know, like it's, it's pretty horrifying. Like, they don't get too graphic with it, but they do include some pretty intense body horror moments, like the feathers the sprouting out of out. the back, the teeth falling out. Like, that could have been worse, you know? That could have been really gruesome and a lot bloodier in other books. But yes. yeah. they included just enough of it to make it unsettling yep. without being over the top, which I really loved.
1: And that even, like, even starting out just here is a little bit of that Howl's Moving Castle. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yes.
0: Yeah. And then, yeah, we're, we're introduced to this thing where um, this this other character walks in and sees wind turned into this massive, like, griffin. Yeah. And what a cool design this is. Too.
1: it's really cool yeah like it's and got I... sorry you go oh the glow like the glowing eyes the way that the art is rendered there to make it feel like it's actually glowing compared to like her eyes and stuff
0: yeah so cool. yeah i love that um i love like the little glowing bit on the beak yeah and um the fact that the pattern of wind's like robes is mm-hmm. in the fur slash feathers of the creature yeah like that's a really cool touch. And like, how there's still a, a sh- it's got, the like the creature limbs, but it still has humanoid hands. Like it's yeah. it's cool, but it's terrifying. But like they've just done such an amazing job with this, the design of this creature.
1: On that uh, that spread where she's walked in and you see the full body of the creature, I love how like. The floor, not all the floorboards are there. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I hadn't actually paid attention to that. But, yeah, some of the floorboards are missing. Yeah.
1: It's just, like, a cool touch. And I don't know if that's meant to be, like, part of, kind of, like, the dream. If it, if it is a dream, you know? Or if it's, like, just because you don't actually need all that detail there. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah. I, 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 I'm going to say that it's probably supposed to be part of the nightmare. Because, like, there's the book floating in the background. Yeah yeah and you know then of course we get the next scene where she decides that it's not wind
1: (laughs) i did not like that part that
0: that (laughs) that took me by surprise the first time i read it i was like yeah whoa
1: what i was like man this
0: got this got dark (laughs) this got dark fast yeah and and like it, uh, same thing I mentioned in uh, when we we're talking about Isola, Aditya's effects lettering, I love it. I love the yeah. way that uh, Aditya does effects lettering. Like the the page where it's just a couple of loose feathers, and the the sounds of the wrench, like yeah, oof, like that's it's it's unsettling. It's but that's all it is. Like even looking at this page by itself, if you didn't have the context, you I would feel iffy about this page, you know like like everything about this page says something bad just happened <laughs> yeah. even if you haven't read the the pages before. But again, like you know, they start to show a bit of the violence and then instead, we get this, which is just as ev- evocative, but it's not gratuitous. Yeah. And I love, I love that. I love that so much. So many books, you know, like, you can show it, and like in some books, if it's the tone you're going for, maybe you should show it. Mm-hmm. But, to a point as well, there are some books I've read that they're gruesome, like Invincible. I don't yeah. know if you've read that or watched the se- series, but not. the fight scenes in that are gruesome. they're pretty gory but they still strike me as not overly gratuitous Mm -hmm. because of the tone that they've set in the world you know like it's not necessarily trying to be super edgelordy or anything like that but they set it up that this world is going to be kind of graphic and intense but there have been other books that don't even necessarily show as much detail of the gore, but the intensity of the gore feels gratuitous. Yeah. And I'm not... I feel like I'm not necessarily educated enough in art theory and analysis to say why that is and pick, pick what it is that makes me feel that, but there have been books that I've read that have been incredibly gruesome and not felt gratuitous then there have been some that have felt the same amount of gruesome and have felt way too gratuitous and there have been other books that have been degrees less graphically gruesome like what you can see Mm -hmm. but it has felt like gratuitous and unnecessary violence Hmm. and I'm not entirely sure what the difference is but I feel like it has to be something to do with the writing and the tone that has been set for the story yeah But that's about as far as i can pinpoint it
1: yeah (laughs) because wind like it is like there's a lot going on that's like bad and dark and you as you go through the story you realize that like okay there's like some things going on here and uh but it it does feel kind of light through the writing and through the art style and like the little bit of of crushes and romance and stuff like that um, so it doesn't feel super heavy. Uh, yeah. But then you get you get further into it, and it's, it does start to feel heavier, but the art is always really bright and vivid.
0: Yeah, and, and it kind of feels real in that way, you know? Like,
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's not just all heavy all the time. Like, even in the midst of tragedy, silly stuff happens. Yeah. You know? Like, You can be distraught and angry and upset about something and something ridiculous is still going to happen that might completely break that moment and everybody's going to crack up laughing. I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're not feeling those things anymore, but it's real. The world, life, humans, bodies, bodily functions, it's all ridiculous. And even in the most serious of situations, something utterly nonsensical could still happen and just completely break the tension
1: yep (laughs) or
0: or completely bring down the mood you know in the opposite as well and and that's what i really like about wind is that it's it is kind of real in that way like there are all these really intense things happening in the story but we're getting these real moments of you know romance and bonding and friendship (laughs) Excuse me, but we're also seeing betrayal and right. violence and trauma. It's, yeah, that's what the world is. It's a big old blend of all of that. And um, yeah, I think that's I think that's it. And and I think I think a key example you may not be familiar with uh, these either of these, but uh, some of the people watching probably will be. A key example of the differences for me in that gratuitous versus not feeling so gratuitous, is, like, uh, invincible. Very graphic yeah. in the fight scenes and can be intense. Got a couple of scenes in the story later on that I'm a bit, like, ooh, about. But then they sort of address it more and feel like, like it's... I could have done without that storyline, but also I don't necessarily feel like it was wrong of them to include that storyline because they address... Some very real things that happen in the world, and just sort of like, hey, yeah, this can happen to anyone, even a fucking superhero. Yeah. You know, so. And and that it's not shameful, and you like people shouldn't feel ashamed of things that have happened to them.
1: Yeah. And like yeah.
0: they sort of they do a, a bit of a story about that, and the you know, like the characters come into grips with something tragic that happened to them, and how like no, they're not bad because that thing happened
1: yeah yeah and I think that like in because I'm in more of the it's graphic novels are are comics you know Mm. but not all comics are graphic novels yeah and so like in the publishing world that I'm in where it where it is really defined by by like age group and stuff there's a lot of conversation around um like what kind of traumatic events you can have and because things happen to little kids, things happen to older kids, and mm. as creators, like, we shouldn't have to shy away from these things, but they do have to be handled with, with care, you know? Yeah,
0: exactly, and that's that's the thing. And that's it. Like, I feel like, um... Shoot. I think it's Brian Vaughn was the writer on Invincible. Don't shout at me in the comments, I'm just having an ADHD mental blank moment right now. Um... I'm going to have to look it up because I can't remember, but I feel like the writer of the, That's what the, the writer of Invincible did. He touched on a bunch of these topics, and it was intense and kind of graphic. Well, actually, not kind of graphic, very graphic in a lot of places. And so was the cartoon. You know, the cartoon did not shy away from the gore and the violence. But then, for me, I look at things like uh, The Boys and Preacher mm. and the... The graphic stuff in... Uh, sorry, it was Kirkman. Yeah, Robert Kirkman. Not Brian Kate Vaughan. But I, I read a lot of both of those writers from Image, so sometimes I get their books mixed yeah. up in my head. Um, yeah, you look at like Preacher and The Boys and stuff like that, and I feel like a lot of the... In the writing style, a lot of the gore in those titles can be a bit gratuitous and a bit much for me. I read The Boys. I read it from cover to cover, and it was a pretty intense story. I enjoyed it at the time, but as I've become more aware of things and stuff like that, I, I look back and I think, "Mm, yeah, there's a a, quite a few things in this story that probably didn't need to be that intense. And Preacher, I haven't read, because, like, I watched the show, and the Mm -hmm. show is a watered down version of the comics. You know, they always water a lot of this stuff down for the for the TV, and there was a bunch of stuff that happened. That I've then looked up and like, okay, yeah, that happened in the co- comics. And I'm just like, nah. And I didn't I didn't even watch the whole show. I got to a certain point, and there was one episode in particular that got beyond ableist. And I'm just like, I'm done. Yeah. I'm so done.
1: Do you ever uh, check the website, Does the Dog Die?
0: I only found out about that recently, actually
1: it's such a good website for checking out shows and movies i don't think that they do comics but like any kind of visual media you can watch for television uh they tend to have like tons of trigger warnings uh, listed very clearly easy to find um and there's been some shows or, or movies that i've been watching and i get i get to a certain point and i'm pausing it and i'm like I have a bad feeling about, like, what's what's about to happen. And I go and check, and I'm like, all right, time to time to watch something else now, you know?
0: Oh, but, like, I will also, similarly, like, I, Invincible is one of my favorite superhero series of all time. It mm-hmm. gets a bit intense in places, but I, I absolutely loved it. But The Boys, also very intense, but I thought it was a good comic... But I didn't absolutely love it. Like, I read it once and I've never felt like I had to go back and read it again. Mm-hmm. But, you know, because it was such a, a big presence in the zeitgeist, I felt like I should read this once just to find out what it's all about. Yeah. And that once was enough for me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's, it is it's a really, really cool book. Like, it's it's not exactly all ages, but it's most ages. And it follows yeah. the story of this little kid, Wind, or teenage boy. Uh, and he's living with his, you know, adoptive family. Um, and they're, they're living in a world where, at least in most of the kingdoms, magic is outlawed. And, what do they call them? The Weird Bloods. Yeah. Yeah. People yeah. who've been touched by, you know, fair the fairy and... You know the magics, and their bodies change as a result, or they get magic powers, and they call them the Weird Bloods. And uh, it's not great to be discovered in most of the kingdoms if you are one of these Weird Bloods. And so uh, Wind, who has you know green hair and these little pointy ears, regularly has to cover them up and just try his best to pretend that he's not that. And he doesn't even really know a lot about what he is yet, other than he's got pointy ears,
1: yep, yeah
0: uh and it's it ends up being like quite an epic quest pretty quickly,
1: yeah, it does
0: also just quietly, like I've just flicked through to where we see the um adopted mum who runs the restaurant, yeah for the first time, and I'd like I just love the variety in the characters in this book too,
1: yeah. That's what I was gonna say too. Like it's nice that there's a variety of body types, uh, especially. Um, the funny thing is, like the mom <clears throat> and the daughter look similar enough that when I was in between reading, I didn't finish it all in one day. Yep. <laughs> that <Then clears throat> even even with cartoons, I'm just like a little bit face blind, and I forgot that. <laughs> I forgot that one was the mom and one was the daughter. I was like, these look the same. Oh, they should yeah they're really
0: <laughs> yeah and uh, there's just so much to love about the art in this book too like i i love um the the food delivery platform that they have like the little water operated dumb waiter and the way yeah. that they draw like the eggs and bacon just flapping around in the air and, yeah, just, like, I'm, I really like how they outline all the food in without the black lines. Yeah. Like, I, I was talking about that uh, in Isola, I think, as well, about some stuff, and um, how I, I really, honestly, struggle with being able to, t- to do that sort of thing without outlining in black. It's just such mm-hmm. a habit now, yeah. and I've just become so used to it. I'm trying to experiment more with not black inking for line art, yeah. but i really admire it when i see it done so well
1: mm-hmm. yeah and i love looking at comics like this too uh just like because what you're saying about the line art too like when i'm reading a, a graphic novel or a comic I, I read it once you know and then i'll even pause and look at it and be like that's really interesting how they did that that i wouldn't have thought to do that just like the colored lines yeah but it's only on the food
0: yeah. you know right? yeah like that's not that's something would have completely escaped my mind i wouldn't have (laughs) thought to do that but like since i've looked at so many books similar to this that use it in very smart ways like that it's really inspiring me to try it more yeah and i'm really excited to figure that out
1: yeah i'm excited for that with um my own graphic novel because the format is so different from the webcomic, and going to be going into color. Mm. And I'm like, how do I? How do I want to do this? You know, what do I want to do here? How do I want to render it? And looking at just the wide variety of comics out there is really inspiring.
0: Right. Yeah. No. no I'm. I'm really looking forward to seeing what you um, decide to do with that. You know,
1: I, I am too. Cause I don't know at this point.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, and I mean, if you ever want to talk ideas and stuff like that, feel free to just send me a message. Like we can chat. I, I love talking shop like that.
1: Oh, awesome. Yeah. I'll like, probably take you up on that. Yeah.
0: I'm no expert, but you know, we've, I talk about comics a lot so I can at least talk about yeah. what I've seen in other books and that might spark yeah. something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and again, as I said in a, an episode the other day, I do have to shout out Robin again because, like, the skills that I do have in ana- media analysis and stuff are uh, thanks to being with them for the last 12 years ish. You know, like, uh, they were yeah. an art history student when I met them, uh, and they're, they're just a, a big art history nerd, and they watch and consume a lot of media analysis content. And just Mm -hmm. by osmosis as well as just actively watching some of it with them, I've I've learned so much that's really helped me with this show because you know, it's great to just be able to sit down and talk about what I loved about a book, but it's nice to be able to put what I loved about a book into words Mm -hmm. as well, to have the language there and I, I don't think I would have that if not for Robin's knowledge and being with Robin for so long. Yeah. That's awesome
1: right now making board games like tabletop games not roleplay games mm-hmm. but just you know to play on a tabletop is currently one of my only non-monetized hobbies but i've made games that are ready to go to market and i just don't do that because i'm not i'm not monetizing it yet but like
0: you want to do a prototype swap
1: yeah we can do that my my one uh my one that's totally ready is called snoot or schnozzle and it's just a very silly <laughs> it's a very silly uh animal nose judging game i and,
0: uh, yeah okay i'm gonna play that with robin
1: okay robin, yeah
0: i uh, love that uh robin came up with an idea for a game one day when we were just walking about because we were talking about working on one together and because we, we were walking, we didn't think to like pull out our phones and write it down as we were talking about it. And so it's lost to the ether. But it, it's all, we, all we know is that we, we're going to call it Silly Lizards.
1: I love that already.
0: Yeah, it was... It's, it was, it's
1: still in there. It's in yeah, there it's, somewhere. It's
0: somewhere, but we can't recall the information properly. So we're going to have to sit down sometime and try to do a yeah. proper brainstorming and prototyping session until we recapture it. But yeah. it was so fun. Like, we were, we were talking about it and working out mechanics and what sort of stuff it was going to be. And we were cracking up and, like, so excited to prototype it. And then by the time we got home, it was gone.
1: It was gone.
0: <laughs> it was absolutely gone. But, oh, yeah. Um, Amazing. But, yeah, Snoodle yeah. Nozzle sounds delightful, and I want to play that. Uh, and okay. you know, my two, uh, like I think you've already seen bits and pieces of them around, but it's just, like Duel and Dungeons is the card game, and Squirrel Wars is the board game.
1: Yeah,
0: I, yeah. I, I remember, can't I remember, wait I to finish Squirrel, Squirrel War. Wars. I yeah. can't wait. But getting back to Wind, um, I'm sorry, James. We love Wind. We do love Wind, but we never get to hang out. So this no. was this was <laughs> this was always going to go off the tracks. <laughs> I was I was fully prepared for that, for this episode to be a bit of chaos about us just talking shop in general about both games and comics. Yep. As well as talking about the comic. And I love that because like there's a lot to be discussed and a lot that we can learn and other people can learn by listening and stuff like that. So it's really fun. Um I love Wind's design. I love this little cloak. I want the little cloak. It's yes. so cute. Um so, like, I'm not sure who came up with the design, whether it was um, artist or writer, or just like they sat down together to work it out. You know, because obviously it's all a collaborative thing, but sometimes the writer will already have an image and be like, here, here's what I'm thinking. Can you draw up some designs? Yeah. You know, so I'm not sure if it was that or if it was just like, yeah, we've got this magical little boy with pointy ears, and then the artist went on a design bender from there. I don't really know the history. Um, of the design of the character, but I love it. I love the, like the little black kneecap bits on his pants. Yeah. And the little stripy shirt. It's just it's such a a cool, cute design. Very light hearted and sort of really helps portray who Wind is. Like I
1: mean, if you're if you're also looking at like all the scenes in the tavern there. And Wind is, like, the only cool colors. Everyone yeah. else is really warm. There's a little bit hints of blue and stuff here and there, but, like, everyone's really warm. Their hair colors are, are warm tones, and their yeah. skin tones warm, and he's very cool. Cool yeah. colors.
0: And, and you see that more throughout the entire city, which really mm-hmm. is sort of obviously there to highlight the fact that, like, Wind is a weird blood. Mm-hmm. They, they're very good. Like, the family and Wind are very good at hiding it. And that's why he's got his little hood and he keeps his hair over his ears and stuff. But he still can't help it, you know? Like, it's in his jeans. So, of course, he looks a little bit different to everybody else. His magic has changed him. Yeah. And I love his, you know, his little converse.
1: <laughs> converse, yeah. This is really cool. It's a fun design. I would totally wear pants and shoes like that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like I could definitely see 20-year-old me rocking those pants. I I had those shoes. I still wear high tops all the time. Not quite that high, but I still Not wear high tops. Hmm?
1: Not current day you?
0: I don't know about the pants for current day me, but the, the cloak and the shoes? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> I just realized I haven't even got the double page spread up, so let me just show everyone this double page spread. That, no, that's such a like a cool design, like it shows. Uh, like it's, it's really cool to see like how modern and advanced, but also like medieval inspired. This world is mm-hmm. like it is. It's it's a medieval world, but like there's indoor plumbing. There's department stores there. There's billboards everywhere. So, like, it's yeah. it's simultaneously super advanced, but also still very much a medieval fantasy book.
1: Yeah, I, I like that. The world building is really cool.
0: Yeah, and that castle is incredible. Yeah. I love that design with the, like, the spire that swoops up like that. Yeah. It's, it's absolutely gorgeous. And, yeah, we, we see wind just observing everyone from his little perch there's the cool like fox cat thing hanging out with that kid i didn't
1: even notice that at first but it's cool
0: yeah i just saw it it's like it's so cute and i love all those sorts of little details that people put in there's like a Mm -hmm. weird a weird pelican (laughs) i like the weird pelican yeah like yeah it's got a really really long tail it's not quite a normal pelican And then uh BAM, there's wind. I was like, oh wind, come on. That's a little bit naughty, buddy. <laughs> just just hanging out in the in his crow's nest, peeping on the boy he's got a crush on going for his morning jog. Like, come on.
1: I I gotta admit though, that was that was a nice surprise because I wasn't expecting it yeah. to queer and I yeah. really liked.
0: And I loved it. Yeah, I loved how, like, you could kind of expect that there would be a romance plot between Wind and the, but, yeah. you know, kind of sister character. Um, and I'm really glad that they didn't go with that. Mm-hmm. Because honestly, that is something I'm so tired of seeing. Not just the obvious cishet romance, but, like, the weird step-sibling romance stuff. Mm. That's, like... The Flash, anybody? The, the changes that they made to the Flash for the show? Like, they didn't have to do that. Mm. They didn't have to make them legal siblings. But they mm. did. Because they're not in the comics. They don't, huh. they don't meet until they're adults in the comics.
1: Yeah. See, in later in Wind... One of the characters says uh, that the sister loves wind, but and, and she kind of like blushes. But I think it's really like platonic. It's like a sibling yeah. love. Yeah, I don't I think, think so it's too.
0: At all. No, I think like maybe at some point she was a little confused by it because you know societal expectations and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it is actually romantic love. But I think she yeah. was confused about how much she cares about this boy.
1: Yes. And yeah. like
0: reconciling that with like, oh, if I care about this person so much, does that mean I love them romantically? Right. And like working that out that no, you can actually love somebody deeply and care about them so much, but it doesn't have to be romantic.
1: Mhm.
0: Uh, and I feel like like there w- there was a little bit of that there. Yeah. And coming to terms with oh actually no and that's okay and i'm fine with that
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then we like we also get in- introduced to this the bandaged man character as uh, yeah. as he's going for his run and like this guy is terrifying he's so scary
1: <laughs> <laughs> he's so scary and creepy
0: um have you gotten up to the point where they reveal who he actually is
1: that was also surprising like I, I said like, every every time I got to a new surprise I was just completely surprised by it I wasn't expecting anything
0: right I, I love this hint that the, you know, the bandaged man might be magic or enhanced somehow himself where he like looks at wind directly through the telescope
1: mm-hmm.
0: and like it's not for quite a while yet where we find out what he is
1: yeah
0: and i i started getting suspicious when we were introduced to the vampires
1: see i i am not i don't like question I'm like really gullible like you just told me anything I would just believe it because why why would I have any reason to think that someone's gonna lie to me like yeah this is what I want to say forever on YouTube but like yeah (laughs) I, I don't really I don't really think about that I don't think about like when characters in books or movies might betray their best friend to get something that they want or need like these are thoughts that don't occur to me because yeah. I personally wouldn't do them. Right. And so no, all the little hints they're dropping about stuff in the comic. I I, know yep. nothing occurred to me. Yeah,
0: No, <laughs> as, as soon as we were introduced to the, like, very, well, not as soon as, but very shortly after we were introduced to the concept that there are vampires in this world, I started thinking about, Oh, maybe, Maybe that's what this guy's... Maybe that's why this guy is bandaged up. Because, like, I've seen band, you know, vampires bandage themselves up to go out in the daytime in, in media before. So, like, maybe well, that's I mean, the deal.
1: It's making sense now that you're saying it. Yeah,
0: but I'm like... I, I was looking, watching him the whole time. I'm like, okay, so this guy's obviously magic of some sort. But, like, is he a mummy? Is he undead? Is he just horribly, you know, like disfigured because of the, the weird blood magic? Like, what is his deal?
1: Yeah, I just thought, like, because at some point, uh, I think her name is Miss, is it Miss Molly? Yeah. The mom, she says something about um, his whole family was, like, killed by by weird bloods or magic or something. And so, like, I just thought, okay, maybe, I don't know, maybe he got maimed?
0: Mm. I don't, I didn't
1: really, I didn't think about it too much.
0: Yeah, I wasn't sure. But as soon as they revealed it, I'm like, of course you are. Yeah. That makes sense. That explains why you can hear things nobody else can hear. Why you can smell things nobody else can smell. But why you still also hate weird bloods as much as you do and can somehow not feel like you're a complete hypocrite. Because mm, you're yeah. not a weird blood. You're a friggin' vampire. Yeah. Because uh, the whole time I was like so mad at him. I'm like, you hypocrite. You absolute hypocrite. Like, you obviously are a weird blood. Yeah. You can do all these things that nobody, no other human in this world can do. And they're like, oh, no, you're a vampire. Okay. Um, and then we, we're introduced to the Spridles as well. And it's so oh, sad. I
1: can't see- I don't like that scene. It makes me so sad. It's, it's so horrible. I'm looking at it now, it's horrible.
0: Oh yeah, it's so sad. It's it's adorable.
1: Look at his whole face. Look at yeah. his whole face. Right. Oh, oh. I I gotta change the page. Oh gosh, that yeah, page just worse. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> I had
0: to skip a couple of pages.
1: <laughs> <laughs> skip a couple of pages!
0: But, yeah, we're introduced to the concept of the Spritles and that they're the ones that bring the weirdness, because they're infused yeah. with the magic, and just with a touch, they can infuse a person with the magic. And then, you know, like the, the there's the whole thing about this kid apparently being the prince's bodyguard being brought up. Or being, about him being a, a, assigned to serve the prince in some way yeah
1: the prince is so funny to me he's so like moody
0: yeah he's such an edgelord
1: yes yeah oh. there you
0: go you have come to my den of misery <laughs> yeah he's just he's just such a moody little goth kid mm-hmm. <laughs> he's so dramatic too yeah just he he's a messy turd that lives for the drama
1: yes yeah but then he has like some good character growth.
0: he does he's like yeah it's, as the book goes on he really starts to see like he, he starts to see his privilege and mm-hmm. like how sheltered he's been and how he doesn't actually know sweet F all about the way of the world and what the truth is yeah. of things yeah and like comes to terms with it pretty quickly to be honest
1: mhm
0: And he's obviously up to something, you know? And so, yeah. like, we're not sure what he's up to, but he's, he's obviously up to something. And that was a great place to end the book. Mm-hmm. And you know, look, the, the other thing I'm going to say about the art is I just love, again, the variety of the character designs. Like, you can see that this art is all done by the same artist. Mm-hmm. But each of these characters really and truly has its own distinct and individual look. Even just in the faces, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's it's really cool. Like, like looking at the page where you've got the side-by-side comparison of the prince and, and Yorick, like, there are similarities in the, the bridge of the nose here, sideways. But then when mm-hmm. you see their profiles, you know, Yorick's got a much rounder bridge of the nose there but the princess is much sharper yeah and so it's just like little bits and pieces like that that really add that character to the face and just make it more distinct that no these are all different people
1: Mm
0: mhm I really appreciate that
1: the like slight things that like you don't really notice on the prince I didn't notice it until like the end but he doesn't actually have any eyebrow hair. I
0: was just looking at that, just uh-huh. as you were saying it. I was looking at it and I'm like, "Oh yeah, this guy's got no eyebrows."
1: Yeah, no eyebrows. Which it's just a it's a funny choice because like you don't notice it at first.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you're right. To
1: the, the gardener, he's got those big thick caterpillars.
0: Yeah, he does. <laughs> and you can just. You can just picture the gardener, too. Like, you can picture him as a real person. Mm -hmm. Like, if you were going to get anyone to play that guy in a live action, it would be a young Patrick Warburton to me.
1: Oh, yeah. See, and I don't know that it's just because he's a gardener, but, like, Samwise Gamgee, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. (sighs) I, I can I
0: can see that, but I'm thinking like you know the tallness and the broadness and yeah. like the big chin and everything. I'm yeah, seeing yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm seeing Patrick Warburton, but like young, like early twenties Patrick Warburton sort of thing. Yeah. And just like because he is he's very clever, but he's also a bit of a himbo, you know, like he he's just like strolling around, oblivious to a lot of the social things going on around him. But he's also, like, very, very smart and knows so much about botany and, like, actually knows a lot about the world. Yeah. And I like that dichotomy and, like, that complexity of character. He's not just Mm -hmm. a himbo, but he's also not just the stereotype of the smart himbo either. Mm -hmm. You know, like, you see that here and there. But, like, I just like that. He's, like, he's got his, like, yep, I'm a big meaty guy and I'm just going about my life moments. But also, like... The second he needs to be switched on, he's switched on.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's,
0: it's very clear very quickly. It's not just that he is, like, magically smart out of nowhere and it surprises everyone. No, just very quickly off the bat, he is switched on and fully present and focused and using his full faculties when he needs to be. Yeah. But when he's not needs to be, he's just a guy going about his life and having a good time. I'm yeah. out for a run, having a good day. I'm doing some gardening.
1: And, yeah, and I think that that, like, is one of the reasons I really like him is because his his kindness and empathy really shows through.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's one of my favorite things about him, is, is how kind he is, and how much he cares about literally everyone.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, and, and it's, yeah, it's really lovely to see. And so, yeah, all in all, wind is a really really pleasant book like it's extreme in some in some cases like it gets intense and scary and there's war and violence and but it's not enough to put me off this book because it's such a sweet book there's so yeah. many stories like really lovely stories about bonding and friendship and overcoming the bullshit of politics in the world
1: mm-hmm.
0: and it's really really nice
1: I think one of the things that really comes through is like because in the beginning you don't you don't really know what's going on and then the plot thickens but there's always hope coming yeah through.
0: exactly yeah yeah like they yeah. get dropped in the muck but there's always hope
1: Mhm.
0: and if that's not the the beauty of humanity you know is that like even when stuff hits the fan Mm -hmm. we can always hope and work for the better and just like it's not always going to be peaches and cream it's not always going to be good sometimes it's going to be really really bad and it's going to be bad for a long time and it's not like we can all just pretend like everything's going to get better but there's there's a difference between hope and pretense I feel mm-hmm. like you can be very real and acknowledge your situation and what the reality of it is and still have hope for the future. Mm-hmm. And then there's, you know, pretense where you just like pretend that it's not really that bad. And like, everything's going to guarantee definitely, definitely 100%, no matter what it's going to get better. And I'm just a temporarily inconvenienced, wealthy person or you know what have you, that sort of right. attitude. Are you talking about the comic or real life now? I'm talking about real life. I,
1: I'm talking about real life. Um, and like, like the, This is sounding so real. Yeah, like yeah. the
0: truth of humanity, yeah. you know? And I feel like that is something that they really capture in this comic. It's like, yeah, yeah, they get dropped into some extremely disastrous situations. But there is always that hope. But in that real way. In that, like, yeah, yeah no, this is bad but I believe in us and that we will find a way to make it through. Things won't necessarily get better, but we will make it through this and mm-hmm. we'll be safe. We'll be okay. There's no pretending like everything's going to magically fix itself and go back to being absolutely perfect. And yeah. But it's like, no, there is that, that solid, real feeling of Together, we will make it through this. I don't know what that's going to look like. But we'll get through it. And we'll figure it out. And yeah. I really, really like that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, and on that note, and since we're on the last page of the book here, we are uh, approaching the hour. So let us okay. talk about where people can find you.
1: Oh, okay. Uh, well, I am Doggos over on... All the socials, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, Facebook, stuff like that, and dandoggos.com. I update the comic free every week on Fridays, but if you want extra content and to see more pictures of, like, the real-life dogs and stuff, you can check us out on Patreon, which is uh, patreon.com slash dandoggos, and that goes directly to feeding me and my real-life doggos and letting us keep making more comics. Um,
0: And... I will link that in the description for you. Um, Thank uh, you. All of the above, I highly recommend everybody do because I mean, look at that beautiful boy, DM Doggo, over the shoulder. He he's all a good, up. good, good boy. Yes. And yeah, <laughs> we everybody should help feed him treats. Cause yes, he's a good please. Boy. Um,
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, I oh, I can I can send you a link also to for our PO box. People can mail us treats if they wanted to. Oh, lovely. uh but yeah so uh and then i'll have um my graphic novels coming out in a couple years hopefully you and i can talk again as that date gets closer heck yeah
0: i'm hoping like around then i'm hoping that i'll have um covered a broad enough range of guests that i can have like favorites back (sighs) because at the moment i'm trying to make sure that i don't have any repeats per season for a little while but there are people who I do want to have back because there are other comics that I wanted to talk to them about that I haven't yeah. even covered with anyone yet yeah. so I want to have people back to talk about new stuff and like even to recover the comics that we covered because they'll have finished by then
1: yes, yeah, I would like to talk about this one again when, when more is released
0: yeah, exactly, and like I want to talk about Isola again when it finishes with Vera, so that would be lovely too yeah, yeah.
1: that
0: sounds awesome so yeah, everyone, go and follow D and Doggos on all the socials. If you can, go and support on Patreon. Obviously, you know, same with my Patreon. If you're yeah. not in a financial situation to do so, please, we don't expect you to to pay us money. Yeah. But if you're in a financial situation to do so and you want to help an independent creator out, sign up to Patreon. It means the world yeah. to every single person that is on Patreon when somebody signs up. So
1: it really does. It really yeah. does. that that being said that's why the the web comic is always free updates once a week
0: exactly you can go and read it on on socials um and there are other ways to support us too by sharing our stuff
1: yes please tell all your friends yeah
0: tell all of the friends and on that note please like share subscribe to the channel and the show here you can find no capes specifically on instagram twitter and facebook um and you can find me as Sean on all socials. And there'll be links to the discords that I run below. And obviously also my Patreon. It's five bucks a month, which for you guys over in the States will be about two or three dollars a month. Um, there are obviously our higher tiers as well if you want extra stuff. But it starts at five bucks a month. And when I hit about 10 or 15 patrons, that should be enough for me to actually start producing the comics that I'm writing right now. So please, I would really love to do that ASAP if you can spare it. Sign up to mine. If you can also spare it, of course, sign up to D&Doggo's and and share the love because there's a lot of cool stuff being made in this world and we're just two people that are doing it. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. Just two of many. Um, So please like, share, subscribe. Until then, this has been Note Capes, the show where we talk about creator-owned comics with creators who own comics. I have been Sean Sunday. This has been Scout. And, uh... (laughs) We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of No Capes, the show where we talk about creator-owned comics with creators who own comics. Now, this show is powered by Patreon, so if you want to go and check out our Patreon, you'll get early access to the episodes, you'll get early access to my comic scripts, previews of work in progress, and more. So every subscription counts. And if you liked the episode, please like, share, subscribe, do all the things, let people know about the show, shout about it from the rooftops, because every single bit counts and helps us get more listeners, helps us get more subscribers, and I get to keep making cool stuff for you to enjoy. Thanks very much. Keep reading comics.